Hey guys, it's Allie. Welcome back to Infertile AF, the podcast. This is episode 38 called Michelle. So guys, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, which is Extend Fertility. When I interviewed my fertility specialist, Dr. Joshua Klein, in a past episode of Infertile AF, I was super impressed with his new clinic. I went there and saw them in action and what they're doing and how they are forward thinking in terms of fertility, how they're being a little bit of a disruptor in the industry. I love that. They're really founded on the premise of democratizing egg freezing and IVF so that they could change the industry and deliver better results. Dr. Klein and I talked a lot about how it's important to him that he makes it less miserable for people going through infertility, which I thought was super important. And in the past two years since they've been open, they've become one of the largest egg freezing practices in the country with over 2,500 cycles. And one of the best things I think is that they're super transparent about their prices. So some of you may have experienced a little bit of what we went through, which was a little bit of a bait and switch when you go into your clinic and they tell you it's going to cost X amount, but oh, if you want this, that, and the other thing, it's going to be this much more, but they don't tell you that till later. So Extend doesn't do that. They are super transparent. They lay it all out there and say it is what it is, but they have financing and flexible payment options, and they're actually priced up to 40% lower than a lot of the other egg freezing clinics. So they do egg freezing, they've started to do IVF as well. And if you're interested in either of those things, definitely check them out at extendfertility.com. Okay, back to Michelle. So this is a really fun episode for me because I've known Michelle forever. She and I were like best friends starting in kindergarten. We lived a block away from each other. We grew up together and we shared so many fun memories all through grammar school, and then we went to junior high and high school together, and college too, actually. So I've known her for four decades, plus, almost, and we kind of reconnected at one of our high school reunions and started talking about how she was trying at the time to have a baby, and she told me a little bit about what she was going through. So today she's going to tell us the whole story, and I don't want to give too much away, but I will say that it was so great talking to her, and like all of my guests... She really just wanted to share the story because having gone through everything she went through, she wanted to come out the other side helping people and letting them know that they are not alone. Anyone listening, you are not alone. I also want to add that Michelle is probably one of the most positive people, definitely one of the most positive people I have ever met. So this was actually a very fun conversation, not that infertility is fun in the least, but She is the perfect example of somebody who can find the good in a bad situation. So all these memories kept flooding back from when we were growing up and we talk about all of that. So I hope that you guys enjoy and feel inspired by our chat. So without further ado, this is Michelle's infertility story. So hi, Michelle. How are you? Hi, Allie. I'm fantastic. So I want to give a little background on us because you are, we are friends from back in the day, like yes. grade school, first or kindergarten or first grade. Yeah. We lived a block away from each other and played so much when we were growing up and it was so fun. I have like so many fond memories of you 
and we it was like pre screens like obviously this was, the 80s it was pre everything i feel like and can i share one story I'm like yes. you're going to have a hard time shutting me up i'm like blown away though because one of my favorite memories of you is like we did everything playing in the basement always like creating games yep. but like we was half the time was spent writing magazines and like pretending like we were you had our own magazine or newspaper and the other half was doing get in shape girl fitness stuff. Yes. And fast forward how I don't even want to say how many years later, but it's a whole lot of years later. hundred years like, later. 150 years later. And you are this incredible writer and journalist and you know, podcasts and magazines, all this stuff. And wow. I'm in the fitness industry with nutrition. And I was like, yep, just follow do it's what you loved so as a kid. Funny. Yeah. Yeah. We, that we kind of planted this <laughs> way back then. I remember we would like yeah. make these little skits in your basement using our Fisher Price uh-huh. tape recorder. Yes. And we would do like <laughs> interviews with each other and like little workout videos. And, whole um, lot of get in shape girl. A whole lot of get in shape girl. <laughs> and then we were like, we would like dig for worms. Like we were like, <laughs> that's what I loved you too, because I love nature and all that stuff, but I did not want to touch the worms. And you're like, give it to me. Yeah. Here I go. And I was like, good teamwork. Do you remember the time when we had the lemonade stand and somebody gave us a $5 bill and we thought we had like hit the jackpot? We were like gold. so excited <laughs> because I think we were selling the lemonade for like five cents a cup or something. Yes. And someone yes. drove by and was like, keep the change, girls. And we were like, oh my God. <gasps> <gasps> we were so rich. Anyway, so yes. Seeing, yes. we've been friends for a really long time and grew up yes. together. And I remember we used to also play with our Cabbage Patch dolls together yes. when we got a little bit older. So I know the answer to my first question was, did you always you know, want to be a mom and have kids? You're so nurturing and you're so fun and you have such a great family. So I know that you Thank did, you. right? Yeah. I, the, here's another funny story that I think you'll appreciate from where we're from. I, did, I always wanted to be a mom, but I knew it was going to happen to me later in life. And don't let... So the summer, one summer during, I think... So it was during college to make, I had been working at Dolphin Lake Pool you know, during high school, but I needed to make a little more cash because I was going to study in Europe for one summer. So I got a job at Baker Square. One of the other waitresses there was like, I read palms. So she's like, let me read your palm. Ooh. And uh, I was like, okay. And it was funny. She's like, I see you're going to get married twice and you're going to have four children. And I was like, oh, this is intriguing. And what the funny story is, I actually only got married once, but two days in a row to the same guy. So that happened. Wait, what? And, um, <laughs> yeah. Mike and I got, we got married. Um, I'll tell you more of that, but we have, we got married outside and then in the church the next day. So it happened twice. I got married okay. twice. Okay. And um, the four kids though, I was like, I remember for years thinking, I'm like, four kids? What? And even as like a 19 year old, I'm like, I have this feeling I'm going to have like quadruplet girls from IVF or something crazy like that. It's like, I knew. Wait, you knew about IVF as a 19 year old? I don't know. Well, I figured I'm like quadruplet girls. And then like later on, maybe that story evolved because I'm like, I have four girls at once. I was like, "Eh, probably going to be IVF or something. I won't get married for a long time. I just Uh kind of knew. And like, and there you go. Interesting. (laughs) You were a little bit older when you got married, right? Yes, I was. Well, married 39. So Mike and I met just, our birthdays are actually a day apart. He's June 11th and I'm June 12th. And um, uh, we met right in 2011. So right before I turned 37, he turned 35. 
Okay. So, so you're such a good storyteller. Yeah. I'm just going to kind of have you tell your story of like what happened. So when you guys started to try to have kids and what yeah. went wrong and then all that stuff. So tell me everything. Awesome. So yeah, so we met a little bit later and I just wanted, this is another part of the story. I always say like, celebrate your life forever. I'm grateful for when we met, like we both had really great life experience beforehand. And I always say, I don't even think like if we had met in our twenties, if we would have been right for each other then. So when we met, we just mm-hmm. knew it right away. Mm-hmm. Um, we are, we are, um, of this current generation. We met on match. So, nice. um, what do you call it? So, but it was, it was great. He was like, it'll, he winked on Sunday. We emailed on Monday. He called me on Tuesday and we're like, yeah, let's go out that night. And, uh, had such a good time. We went on our first like official date that Thursday, mm-hmm. our birthdays were that weekend. And then like the rest was history. So, um, that was June of 2011 and just had so much fun traveling and we got married in August of 2013. So just like two years and two months later. Okay. Um, so at the time I was 39 and Mike was 37. Mm-hmm. Um, so we knew right out of the gates, we're like, um, we're probably, this is going to be a little more challenging getting pregnant. So let's just be aware of that. And so we, cause you knew the age one, factor, obviously. Yeah. So we decided we'd officially like, I think I went off the pill that fall, but like to really, really try, we're like that. So that was then January of 2014. And, um, really started trying then and, or maybe, you know, that fall, whatever, but figured it would take a few months at least. And no, no luck, you know, try the old fashioned way. Nothing was happening come uh, April, 2014. So that's when I was like, let's go, let's, let's get right to it and go see a fertility specialist specialist. And fortunately other girlfriends going through the same thing. So someone recommended someone Mm -hmm. and um, I worked corporate at the time and it was like great because the place was not even a mile away from my office. And as you quickly learn lots of appointments and blood drawn and this, that, and the other thing. So having something that where I could go right before work and then go to work was really um, convenient. Yeah, that's huge. And that's huge. And um, so that was April. In July, I had, they like, you know, start doing all the I don't remember all the names of the tests. I never got good. You know, the H the something, something and the mm-hmm. thing, he something, whatever. I did the one something where they put the technique pipes and that wasn't it, but they found out I did have a polyp. So they removed that in July, 2014. So I was thinking, okay, well maybe that was the whole thing. And right. let's, and of course I think it's all insurance wise. Like looking back, we should have done IVF right out of the gates, but they had to do IUI first. They're like, let's do that. Just to anyone listening. I was like, it's, if you hate IUI, you are not alone. I couldn't stand it. I did it in September the first time and then it did not work. And then November of 2014. And again, it didn't work. And so what did I will you say about I, it? The hormones, whatever we had to inject doing that, it made me crazy. And that's when I was working corporate and I commuted at least an hour, you know, depending on traffic, um, an hour each day there and back. Um, I mean, I remember like, listening to music and all of a sudden just bursting into tears for no reason, just Mm -hmm. really emotional. And I wouldn't realize what was happening until after like a kind of like that wave passed and like, Oh yeah, I'm on hormones. Cause I'd be like, what's going wrong with me? You know? Yeah. Yeah. It just so emotional. Um, and after the second one in November, I was like, I can't, like, I'm not doing this again. And it just, it felt like literally flushing tooth, at least what a two, three thousand dollars down the flo- toilet every time. And I equated it to Ryan, you know, I was like, I'm thinking like, this is like a junior high dance. All the boys we knew, like daddy was good. And they put them there, you know, 
boys are in the gym and all my girls are just hanging out in the bathroom. Like I'm not dancing. <laughs> like I'm not going out there. Oh, because I was, they, they figured I have PCOS. So I'm like, okay, whatever that means. But okay. I just, I was a late bloomer to like even get my period. So it just, I guess I wasn't ovulating or, you yeah. know, and even with all the prompting, I was like, yep, nope, the girls, they're still hanging out in the bathroom doing their hair. They're just, <laughs> they are not going dancing with the boys in the gym. So let's, <laughs> They're like, That's even though they're playing Purple Rain yeah. by Prince. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Duran Duran for me. I was just like, no. Oh, yeah, you were so into Duran Duran. Oh, my God. Oh, yes, yes. Um, <laughs> but, um, oh, my gosh. So, wait, um, you, di- you were diagnosed with PCOS? Yes, but honestly, I, like, I never really, you know, I hear some people that have it, and gosh, I my heart goes out to them because there's you know, I, so many different things, like sometimes weight issues and different hormonal things. I don't know. I never really felt like that I had that, but maybe cause I am do a lot of fitness that like really kept things in check. I don't know. I like, I'm like, I just don't, I just figured like, I don't ovulate. And I didn't, I tried not to dig too deep into the depths of the internet and all this stuff. Cause man, the more you, sometimes the more you research, the more you're like, Whoa, it, right. can be- it can be daunting <laughs> and it can also be scary and you can self-diagnose and go down the wrong path. And it's a little yeah. dangerous. I mean, for some people it works really well and they can figure exactly. stuff out and then advocate. But yeah, for some people like me, you get in like a wormhole and then you're like, I think yeah. I have all the diseases. Yes. Yeah. So I was like, Oh, I'm not going to do that. And for me, like when, when in doubt, I always, <sighs> I feel like, I call it relating to like the, the Phoenix, like in all of my darkest moments of my life. And there's lots of rant, different things. I always, if, when I'm, I'm feeling lost, I feel like I have to, some new rebirth has to come and like, don't laugh, but this is like pre mic. I had a, I had a, a crappy breakup, you know, the one time someone broke up with me over a text, um, <laughs> like terrible, but it, it opened yeah, boo. But what it opened up was a friend literally a dare, you know, I was all sad. And there to later, someone said, I was teaching just some random fitness class at the time. And they're like, you know what, you'd be amazing at body pump. And I'm like, well, that sounds fun. You know, when's the training? They're like, I think it's actually over Valentine's day weekend, you know, as a newly single girl, I was like, sign me up. Perfect. And suddenly <laughs> I fell in love again. I go with that. So that was, you know, whenever like something bad happens, I, a new world would open up. So when, after the second IUI, I was like, are you flipping kidding me? Like, I was so sad. I was like, I need to take a trip for myself. So like we would often take trips to feel better. And yeah. I went and vi- visited one of my fitness friends and she also got involved with my nutrition and stuff. And it just, it was wonderful. And it was like reinvigorates the spirit. So I would yeah. say like, on this journey, there are highs and lows. And when you hit one of those lows, like do something for yourself, if it can be travel or, I, you know, some, whatever it may be, that's, whatever brings you joy, Yeah, do that. Yeah. We talk a lot about like self-care, like whatever that means to you, you know, taking time to just kind of, kind of try to reconnect because this is, it's such an emotional process and your body physically is also going through so much and your relationship and all that. So you really have to like take a step back if you can. Uh Yeah. So that was definitely a pivotal point there of like some serious self-care. And then we realized, cause I told Mike, I'm like, I'm not doing IUI again. Absolutely not. So we, we talked to my doctor and we're like, okay, let IVF is on the books. So, and this is another thing that I really want to encourage with anyone on this journey is when it comes to insurance, you have to be your own advocate. You have to ask questions. And if you don't have, let's say if your company provides insurance, which mine did at the time, but it was, I'm going to say it was crappy insurance. There was no 
Um, there's nothing for fertility on there. Get new insurance. <laughs> you know, like you can do that. We were like, it was open enrollment time, I guess. So I was able to get my own insurance and mm-hmm. I, I went off my company's plan, got individual health care, one that had oh, okay. like, you know, four retrievals in a year and then and whatever, whatever it was, yeah, you'll have to do your own really- research. That's a really good point. Thank you for saying that too, because yeah. I think you know some people. The financial part of it, obviously, is really mm-hmm. overwhelming too. And, and oh my gosh, don't yes. know. <laughs> there's a lot of options out there, but sometimes it takes a lot of work. Yes, to figure so it out. Have, it takes a lot of work and a lot of annoying phone calls and reading documents. But if it's important to you, you find a way and you figure it out. And um, yeah, we were very very fortunate, and I was able to get individual insurance. And I said, and that's another too, like. Mike and I, instead of being on the same one together, I went individual on mine. He did his own thing. And then uh-huh. that was able to be manageable for us. So I just wanted to put that out there because that yeah. definitely was a game changer for us. For sure. Okay. Okay. Uh, and then, so we did start IVF. Uh, we did our first uh, egg retrieval in May of 2015. And what was, I had 16 eggs. I was all excited about it. And I think you've, I've been to one of your previous podcasts with other the women, you know, a lot of times PCOS, you get a lot of eggs, but doesn't mean <laughs> they're good ones. I had like 16 mm-hmm. eggs, which turned into five, uh, day five blasts for testing. And we did, that was another thing for us because at this time, gosh, I don't know if I was 39, 40, whatever. I was like, I, we got to do the genetic screening. Cause right. I always told myself I can personally handle the not getting pregnant, but I knew that I was going to have some dud eggs in there mm-hmm. and I couldn't handle miscarriage after miscarriage after miscarriage. I just knew myself. Right. Um, so, so it's we, important to point out too, cause your story is different from some of the others. You never, you'd never been pregnant before ever. Right. No, and uh-uh. you never had a miscarriage either. Nope. You just were having this ovulation problem, which is interesting because there's just yeah. so many different routes that this could go for people, you know? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. So we did, we tested, we only had five and normally you can test up to eight max, but I was think I was so excited. I was like, let's test them. And none of them came back healthy, which was oh. a bummer. Yeah. Which was a total bummer also. And I was like, yeah, cost wise when like the, the genetic screening, I'll just put it out there. I think it's like, I don't know, six to eight grand. And that is completely out of pocket. So, yep. I think um, ours was five, but it obviously depends where you go and how many eggs there are and all that stuff. Yeah. So that sounds about right. And then, so we did a second egg retrieval in July of 2015. And that time it's like 21 eggs. I was like, "Eh," you know, six blasts, we were able to say for testing. And then we learned about batching where in that, whatever set fee, whatever it was, you could test up to eight. And then if you had more, you'd be an additional cost, whatever. So we're like, okay, let's save these in batch. So then I did a third egg retrieval in September of 2015, 13 eggs, um, which ended up with two more good blasts. So now I had those full eight and I'm like, fantastic, let's do this. And okay. um, so wait, batching, just to back up a yeah. little bit, that's, yeah. that's testing a bunch at once for like a cheaper... Um, for lack of a better term, I love a bargain here and there are no coupons, but this was the... <laughs> I was like, love my Sunday coupons. Um, so yeah, so because we only got six instead of waste, it's like we wasted the three slots in that first sure. time we did five of the eight. So this time I'm like, okay, I'll do six. I got for the first time. We'll see however many more we get the next one. And it ended up only being two. So perfect. That made the full eight of eight. And then we sent okay. them all off for testing, you know, full of hope, so excited. And of the eight, zero were oh, healthy. God, Michelle. I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, and, me, I know that you are probably, if not the most positive, upbeat person I've ever met in my entire life. You are one of the most. So how were you feeling? Like, were you bummed? Were you pissed? Were you and Mike fighting? Like what was happening in your day-to-day life as this is all going on? 
just really sad. And, you yeah. know, trying to put on a big, good, happy face. It was sad. I'll go back to that first egg retrieval. That one was by one of the worst because I was corporate at the time and I used to travel internationally. So I was in Hong Kong at the time for work when the results came and how it worked with our uh, fertility doctor. There was a portal. So when you got news, you'd always log into the portal and right. I couldn't sleep one night. I was so excited, you know, hope, always, always hopeful, always hopeful. And that one, when I logged in the portal and it said zero and I was by myself, you know, in the middle of the night in Hong Kong. Oh. And, but fortunately I was able to, you know, I called or, or FaceTime Mike and I'll never forget this is he just had this, it, the FaceTime that we did, it was him. And, you know, as we mentioned, our cabbage patch before um, him and Ian Nicholas just smiling, just being like, we love you. It's okay. Um, well, you know, hey, we're still, you know, we got this. It's just the start of our journey. Don't worry. Yeah. And, um, Wait, so he had Ian Nicholas as your cabbage uh-huh. patch doll. He had yeah, him yeah. out there. <laughs> uh-huh. He put it there. because, And like, so this has been a joke with a lot of my friends. I'm like, I, right. I tend to personify inanimate objects and befriend them. One of which my cabbage patch kid. So he's just, yeah. <laughs> just been a joke, a running joke through the years, but I'm not going to lie. And I laughed you, Allie, I think it was your story, your first, uh, first podcast where you talked yeah. about like, the random things we do, the woo-woo or the whatever, the things you go to to get through. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie, you know, and it may sound a little crazy, but man, that my couch guys get Ian Nicholas helped pull us through. Cause it's <laughs> like, I, I was at a point where like down this journey where you're like, I just want my thing, you know, want our baby. And I would hold him and it like, it made me feel a little better. And if oh. you want to call me crazy, call me crazy, you know, but it was like, it's that not was crazy. It's yeah. <laughs> it's human. Yeah. And it was just a little bit of comfort. And, and he, you know, that's why I love my husband so much is he like, he, he respects that inner child in me. And yes. just, like, he knows the, the silly little things. And that's definitely like, I, on this journey, when it gets tough, um, remember like being grateful for being grateful is the best, you know, like, you know, tapping those moments and saying, well, I don't have this, but I already have this. And a lot of times I would say, you know, I like how single Michelle feel. And it's like, I'm, I've got Mike, he's amazing. So whenever I'd get sad that, okay, we don't have our baby, but I'm like, well, we have each other. And that helps so much humor, you know, just the fact of seeing Ian Nicholas there made me giggle and just using, and I, I really, we dug deep to that because they're definitely, that was, that was a tough blow and more, more to come after the third egg retrieval. So we batched that one and nothing. I mean, it was, that one was, that one hurt really. That was bad. And having the conversation with our specialist being like, you know, you know, trying to be positive for me, but also saying, maybe we start just talking about other options, you know, could be egg egg donor adoption, all these different things. And I was getting to a point where I was thinking, okay, this, I could see that, but it was funny. We worked with our, the actual genetic testing company. They give you a report. And I was like, I just want to understand where, you know, what happened. And then we'd look at every single, from every testing, you know, was it the egg? Was it the sperm? What happened? And every single one had always been, you know, inferior egg, whatever. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. Mm -hmm. Except for one, there was one on there where the egg was good and Mm -hmm. the sperm was bad. Okay. And I distinctly, this was like a turning point on the journey too, where I was talking to this, our counselor person. And I was like, wait the egg was good and the sperm was bad. And she's like, yeah. And, and kind of like, I believe, is it from Dumb and Dumber, the movie? We're like, so you're saying there's a chance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Never actually seen that movie, but I know that quote. And the, the counselor was like, yes, I'm saying there's a chance. She's okay. like, I think you, you put out- your own eggs if possible. 
if possible. Okay. I, I did want that, but I was open to other things. And she's like, yeah, I am saying there's a chance. And that one right there, I said, I was like, it may be 1% sliver of a chance. But the fact that my body produced that, that I'm like, I want to keep trying. I know we, we still, I, I think I want to go for it, you know? Yeah. And Mike said, all right, let's do it. And my doctor said, all right, let's do it. And okay. So this would so, be round four. Yeah. Egg retrieval number four. Okay. And let's see, that was December. Now, How are you doing with all the drugs and all that stuff? Because I know you, obviously you're in the fitness industry. You love to work out and stuff. Like there's points where you can't work out. Was that hard on you? Yes. But I just kept remembering like the reason why. Right. The Um, greater good. The greater good. And I did, I, you know, definitely think, you know, focusing on self-care when I could. And I'd say, you know, try to, if I can do more yoga or just enjoy nature and go for a walk, go for a walk. I was very, I was very fortunate where it's like, I didn't have to rest too long. Just that's why I encourage, you know, diet and exercise for everyone. It's so important because you will rebound. I found for myself, mm-hmm. I was able to rebound faster. And I, the, the downtime wasn't as long maybe as for some other people. So just take care of yourself. That's the best thing I can do. Take, take care of yourself. Right. Um, Cause yeah, I would have to take a few days off, but then I was able to go back and Okay. Teach body pump and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I did the four, is that the fourth egg retrieval was December of 2015, 20 eggs. We had, we were lucky eight good blasted tests. So I was very happy. Got my full eight mm-hmm. and we had a healthy embryo. Oh, we came so one out of so the eight, one out of the eight came Yay. healthy. And it was just like, Oh my gosh, like it's going to happen. You know, this is amazing. So grateful. And then like definitely in our mindset was, oh my gosh, we're going to have a baby. Like just I'm like, it's going to work. I know it, it's going to work. So we went on like that January 2016, went to South America, um, to like Argentina and Brazil. Cause we're like, this is going to be our last big trip. So let's oh make God. it happen. I love all your trips. I want to go on a trip with you. <laughs> yes. I was like, I'm like, we're like, it's, it was so good. But I guess definitely, you know, definitely good for, you know, for us as a couple and just again, always keep moving forward with your life, even though, cause it's hard when you get so set on one goal, like it's still do the things that bring you as a couple joy. Right. Exactly. So that was January. So were you gonna did you freeze the the embryo? Yes, yes. We free we froze them. And um we were gonna our plan was March twenty March of twenty sixteen we do the transfer. Okay. And we were aware at the time, what was it? I did have like a fibroid they had found, but they the doctor was very, you know, she's like this isn't it's not coming in covering in a spot where it could like mess with it. She thought the lining and stuff like that. So we went forward with it, but it didn't take. So, um, yeah, that was a bummer. (laughs) That that one was really like, and then of course, you know, a lot of self doubt, like, oh my gosh, because we knew that there was a fibroid, should we have not gone forward? You know, blah, blah, blah. It was just not, but I was just to break it down a little bit, yeah. so you did the transfer and then the two week wait or approximately. Yeah. Yeah. And then what were you feeling good that whole time? Were you feeling positive and like, well, why wouldn't this work? We have a healthy embryo, you know, all yeah. that stuff. I, w- I was feeling positive. I remember feeling like it was so funny. Like I've you known those 10 days. I'm like, Oh, I think, you know, like I feel something. Yeah. I feel something that, and I remember it was right before Easter Sunday. And I think it was on good Friday. And, uh, we found out it was negative. Yeah. And I so was, you went so in for the blood was, test or? Yes. 
the blood test and no luck and the start of the the three p I call them the three p.m. calls. I didn't like the three p.m. calls. <laughs> when oh, it, that's when what they call like you with the results. Uh huh. Yeah. And it was like I felt like oh they're waiting to the end of the day. Um, <laughs> it, it's not good. Yeah. Um, so I drank a lot of champagne at the uh, Easter brunch. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I could. Like, oh, oh, yeah. That was not a fun, fun one. And yeah, it was, it was tough. Like, I think I started questioning things like, oh my gosh, this fibroid, we should investigate this more. And it, it came, we did. Um, so we did a fifth egg retrieval uh, in July, 19 eggs ended up with two healthy embryos. And at that point they changed how you didn't have to wait to batch. You could still count as batching and, but send them off and, and just do it. So we did it. And this was awesome. And I'll never forget. There was a double rainbow the night before, I think we did the testing or the, when we, when we did stuff. And, uh, I always think of my, when I see rainbows, I think of my dad and all that good stuff. And of oh, the yeah. two Cause tested, your dad passed away a, a while, long time. Yeah. When I was 17. When so, um, and I would say he shows up in rain or rainbows, like, it rained at my wedding and then it disappeared. It was like amazing and rainbow and all this good stuff. So we said, oh, Mr. Dooley. Yes. I, I says, Hi. Yeah. This one was cool because we only had two to test. And when they came back, they were both healthy and it was yes. a boy and a girl. Woo. And I was like, yes. So I like, I'm like, all right, we just had to clean out the pipes. We got all the duds out. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> this is, this is amazing. I'm like, oh my gosh. So that's why I say, stay, stay the course, people stay positive. Keep going. If you feel, trust your gut, if your gut says to keep going, keep going, you know? Yeah. And, um, but I will tell you this when you asked about like recovery and doing all these procedures, like this was not my first egg retrieval rodeo. So I knew right. how it felt, you know, the four before about two days, two, three days later, you know, I totally rested and I'm like, okay, I can, I can work out again. I can do good. It did not feel right this time. I was like, wait, something is, I'm like, I didn't want to work out, go into the, forgive me, but going to the bathroom didn't feel good. Like uh-huh. things were, this was, something was weird. And a week later, it still wasn't better. I'm like, are you flipping kid? Like what's going on? And we were trying, we had to go to somewhere in the car and I couldn't even make it five minutes. I screamed and Mike, I'm like, take me home. Like something is wrong. Long story short, went to the ER, um, had my first CT, CT scan. Turns out they had damaged my ureter in the fifth egg retrieval and urine was leaking into my body and oh my it had God. been for like a week. So I had to get a stint put in to like help heal my ureter. And the great news, so again, I always, I try to be positive in anything because this was not a fun summer. I'm not going to lie to you. No, that um, sounds painful too. It was horrible. And I, I, it was, it was not good. The good news was in the whole process of trying to figure this out, they learned I didn't have one fibroid. I had lots of fibroids. There was at least at the time, maybe seven or more. And I was like, no wonder our little guy couldn't, we, we used to name our embryos. We called that the first guy that didn't make it Fitzroy, like in Patagonia. We're like, no wonder he couldn't make it. I was like, he was living in the jungle. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, my poor little guy. So, um, because there's no, what happens with the fibroids? Depending on how many have there, it can take up space. It can stop the ability for the embryo to implant. And like some, there have been women that have maybe, I don't know how many, but have had at least a fibroid or two. But because the size and the placement, they still get pregnant, not a problem whatsoever. But apparently, I must have had. The placement, the amount, it was a junk. It was a jungle down there, people. So um <laughs> <It's> so funny. <laughs> but 
Yeah. And then my one, I have to throw in comic relief though. I, um, yes, this all happened. I was in the hospital, I guess on a Tuesday, but I was supposed to be doing a sting along body pump that class that Thursday night. And I was all, I was like, I am not missing this. And I'm like, I don't want to have surgery on Thursday. Do it Friday morning. I'm like, I've lived through 10 days of this. I can do two more because I love my body pump and singing along. And so my friend Leslie and I, I somehow made it through that class. You did it. I did it. And um, it was, it was, yes, we'll have to, you'll have to take my class sometime. It's like, yes, it's a whole nother level. Um, You know, I used to teach (laughs) step aerobics in high school. Do you remember that? Yes. Yeah. Women's workout world. I taught. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love it. Like Tony classes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So now I still got my body pump inside and my orange theory, but I was like, Oh Lord. Um, so yes, I did my thing. The show went on. It was fabulous. Um, and then Friday morning I had the, um, the stint put in all was right with the world, but they have, it was official. I was going to have fibroid surgery. So I had surgery in August of 2017 and it turns out they removed 12 fibroids and my uterus, I guess was the doctor told me a third smaller after they removed them all. Whoa. So I was, you know, as crazy as it was, grateful that we had that. And I had two amazing embryos on ice. And so the going forward was I had to, um, I had to give my uterus, I think like six months to rest and heal before they could do the next transfers. Um, so awesome. It's such a grueling, like another weight. you know, there's so much waiting when you're going through this fertility and issues like this. Right. So it's like, um, six months must've felt like six years. Yeah. And you're just, but I was like, oh, the good news was at least I was like, well, but we got the embryos. Right. We got the, like, they're good. I can wait. I'm like, they're not getting older. I maybe, but at least they're not. So, yeah. So, how old were um, you at this point? Get out the calculator, um, get out the Fisher Price calculator. I know. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's all running together. He was 17. No, I was, that was 16. So, it's 42. Okay. It must have been 42. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, totally. Get out the picture. I probably still have one of those. So that was August 2016. And then the good news was they're like, well, you, you know, I still had it covered. And they're like, if you want to do another, even though I had the stint in, they're like, even though my uterus had to rest, if I wanted to do another egg retrieval, I could. I'm like, well, it's covered. So let's do it. And oh, my God. Um, oh yeah, part of the batching because I only had the two for two. So we did another one in October, 23 eggs, and I got six more blasts. Sorry, uh-huh. uh, embryos to test. And of those six, I had one more healthy one and a no call. And this is what, can I just, am I allowed to rant? Yes. But when it comes to the world of genetic testing and you spend that much money, when they come back and say you got a no call and you still have to pay for it, basically they're not telling you if it's healthy or not. It could be, it probably isn't, but it could be. And they don't tell if it's girl or boy. And I was like, oh, I, that was the one, t- one of the times where I'm like, meh. Yeah. It was like, I have to do my job to get paid. I'm like, why don't you? So sorry. Totally. Right. No, so it's basically they weren't they weren't able to tell, but you're like, why didn't yeah. you just do the extra testing yeah, or whatever me, you need to do to come up with like some sort of answer? Yes. Yes. Or give me a give me a coupon for another one. You know? <laughs> just like, yeah. <laughs> sorry. It's just you have to like you know, whatever you do to you know, like you're trying to make a joke stick. Right, but I was right, like, right. Ugh. whatever. So yeah, we had but at least hey, we got one healthy embryo, so that's awesome. Uh, another one to add. So now I had three on ice and they removed the stint. All was right with the world. And I just had to wait to let everything heal. Okay. So things, things were looking really positive and we decided Jan, we'd go in January, would do our sec. So I guess that'd be my second 
FET, the frozen embryo transfer. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, they rank them. I don't, I never quite understand how the ranking is, but they're like, we're going to use the best one first. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. which was the, my, our little girl. Do that in January. Thought I did everything great and nothing. And those, that's, again, this is when things really started being like, wait, what? So second you know, you transfer, do- unsuccessful. Yeah, did you totally, ever like, think about putting in more than one? I think it was because it was so, I had so few, but I knew they were good. Like, and also the fact like they were confirmed good ones. I, I, I thought, oh, one should be good. Like, I, I felt like I pre-screened them. I thought about it, but then we're like, well, it should, it should, the one should it work. It should work. Um, sure. It yeah. should work. I mean, I'm like, I got a brand new uterus. Right. You know? <laughs> it's like, it should be perfect. It's great. But it didn't. So now it's like mm-hmm. two of these perfect embryos are gone. And, but I, we're like, okay, we have two more. But the second, so February, we're going to do it, do it, do it again. And this time it was when I said, like, okay, let's start pulling out all the stops. Like I started doing acupuncture. Mm-hmm. I started doing, I took some Chinese herbs. I did yep. all sorts of crazy stuff. And that was, I think we did that right around Valentine's Day. Very, you know, hopeful, positive. I'm like, I did everything. I mean, literally, I was like, everything right. And it didn't work. So now we're down, you know, left. So we were left with one more. So three, no three transfers. Three transfers mm-hmm. with genetically solid, perfect eggs. Mm-hmm. A great, you know, remodeled uterus and nothing. And that, that I can truly say was down in the dumps. Mm-hmm. Worst. Mm-hmm. And I had to regroup then. Because it. this was the other things like the journey. I, I never, and I love thank you for putting this podcast out there. This is so needed, but it's such a hard time. Like you don't know how much to say and how much not to say. And sometimes I wanted to talk and sometimes I didn't. Mm-hmm. And after that failed third transfer, I didn't want to say anything. Yeah. Anyone anymore. Yeah. I was like, I can't. Cause it's like the, the feeling, you know, people are trying to be supportive, but yet it always felt like pity. I, I, I don't know. It just, yeah. I, I couldn't even cheer myself up. And like yeah. when I, I was like, I didn't, I didn't know what to do. And fortunately though, I would say the universe brings the right things in the right time. Cause I, I really was at a loss, but that, so that was February that March, my friend Jasmine resurfaced. Like she's one of those friends where like we'll connect and then they're gone for a year and they, mm-hmm. she's, she's amazing. She's off doing something, but she was back in town in Chicago. And I, I saw her post something on Facebook about a meditation she was doing. Mm-hmm. And I was intrigued. I'm like, what, what is this all about? And um, she literally said, we met for coffee one day and it was, she's like, close. I'm like, how do you do it? Cause you know, like a lot of meditations, it's like, close your eyes and think of clouds or if a thought comes, don't release it. And I was like, too hard. I can't do this. She said, close your eyes, watch the show go by, do it for an hour and then journal about it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, really, I don't have to think about puffy clouds or release if something. She's like, nope. She goes, whatever shows up in your brain, watch that show go by, but mm-hmm. do it for an hour. Oh, I like that term. And, watch the show go by. I've never heard that. Uh huh. Yeah. Cause sometimes it feels like a circus was driving past <laughs> like, sure. like, all this craziness. And I was like, I can do that. I can just and that's always been something, you know, my whole life, people have been like, slow down, you do too much. Da, 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 da. I was like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to try this for once. And I made a conscious effort for the month of April. I made, I did a little post on Facebook every day just to keep me accountable. Cause I knew if I hadn't, if I didn't do that, there would be days I'd be like, oh, forget it. And I'd stop. Yes. I remember so I seeing that. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. 
and I did it every single day. And sometimes, um, I'd have to like, I'd have a, a hour and a half break or something between my classes that I coached. And I went like, sometimes I went in my car and just closed, you know, set my timer on my phone, closed my eyes, watched the show and then would journal. And it was amazing. It was so, I would say so liberating. And it was, it was like, I really realized, um, there was some, some old stuff came up that I didn't realize I was holding on to and I was able to release it. Weird stuff you hold on to. And I was like, let it go. And, I, but it was like, you'd, you'd feel it. I'm like, you didn't realize how much of like baggage and emotional weight you carry around with you. And I feel like letting go, like opened up space yeah, and just forgiveness, you know, forgiveness of yourself and, sure. and release of expectation. I think that was a big thing too. And those were definitely in that month coming to peace. I was like, you know, it may just be Mike and I, and that's okay. I was yeah. like, I love him so much. And I, I was like, we have a good life. We have fun. We make each other laugh. And I was like, and if that's, if that's our, that's, that's us. I love it. I have to say there's a, um, when I was going through therapy for like infertility, depression, I wrote Um, down this quote. I actually just pulled it up that my therapist said along what you, along the lines of what you're just saying. And it's such a good quote. If you don't mind, like your life is happening in the order it's supposed to, even if it doesn't make sense. I do believe that what screws us up most in life is the picture in our head of how life is supposed to be. Uh-huh. And it's, you know, going back to like expectations. And I was like, that just really resonated with me because it was like, oh, sometimes you just have to let go of what you were expecting to happen or, you know, yep. what you thought was going to happen or what you think you deserve to happen. Uh huh. Uh-huh. And Uh-oh. it's all like a perspective thing, right? Uh huh. Oh my gosh. The concept you just said to let it go. I just found a little thing from my blog about it. And I said, I was able to let go of some of the crazy baggage. I didn't even realize I was holding onto. I basically allowed, it allowed me to quote unquote, let go of expectations of how things were quote unquote, supposed to be. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. And let them quote unquote, just be, I felt free and was ready to try one more time. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, Oh my gosh. I literally can feel like, I know it. I can catch myself now when I'm clinging onto something. I'm like, it's going to slip through your hands. Yeah. Let it, let it go because the universe, it's so often, it's like, you think it's supposed to be this way, but the universe has something so much better. And if you, but you have to open up for it. It's like you have that space, right? Oh total space. And that is what that month gave for me. So yeah. I don't know if that could help anyone else. I was like, try it. It was freaking liberating. And I yeah. just was like, I felt like my light was able to shine bright again. Like the clouds got moved. Oh, it, the light was always there, but the, this is like a girls on the run thing. I, co- I used to coach that and they would always yes. talk about your inner light star shining and the clouds getting away. And like, oh, my light was able to shine again. Yeah. That was a, oh my gosh, such a lesson. And then another powerful song in my past has been uh, Let It Be by the Beatles. I am not a Beatles fan. I'm going to put it out there. I was all, you know, my fan. (laughs) I love my Fab Five, my Duran Duran. But man, that song, Let It Be, whenever I hear that, like there will be an answer. Let it be. Yes. With Here Comes the Sun, the other Beatles. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that song is beautiful. Yeah. Um, And oh my gosh. So then we decided, all right, we got one more at bat. I started feeling a lot about the Cubs now too. I will tell you, I would say I started things. I'd be like, it's our at bat. 
it's the bottom of the ninth. Like we're down, you know, I feel like the Cubs had just won the world series though, that previous October. Yes. And that during October was when we got this last embryo. Cause that's all we had left was the frozen one and the no call from October. And I was like, let's do it. Let's put it. And we put them both in. Cause I okay. was like, what the, you know, what the hell, you know, <laughs> what do you got right. to and this is a funny, we would always name our, our, um, embryos and the previous two that didn't work. I, I it was the boy and the girl. I, I named them broccoli and Kaylee. So like broccoli and kale, cause I'm uh-huh. a dork and, uh, <laughs> okay. and, uh, these- and Michael, yeah, Mike, Mike laughs because he's like, he eats his vegetables because of me, me not, but not necessarily on his own. And he's like, I'm picking my own names. And just to be really silly, he called, from, from what's happening and called him Dwayne and rerun. Nice. And, uh, <laughs> So I, love it. I was like, all right. And, um, and we used to always play music during the egg, the uh, egg, uh, tra- the embryo transfers. Uh-huh. So I was like, I completely, again, I'm like, I'm completely letting go of control. I'm like, you name them whatever you want. You play uh-huh. whatever music we want. He actually played the theme song from what's happening. Yes. Um, if, when we did if this- anyone knows you, <laughs> you love a theme. So you, when there's something in your life, you go all out. I go all out. There has to be a theme. I can, that's the only way I can really wrap myself around it. So we did that in May 2nd and waited our 10 days to May 12th. And I remember coaching at Orange Theory that day. I had three classes in the morning and we got a call it. I got a voicemail because I didn't answer my phone, but I saw that it rang at 1030 in the morning. And I'm mm-hmm. not going to lie. I felt really good because I, I always said, I was like, oh, uh. because it wasn't the three o'clock call, right? This is different. Uh, I always got the three o'clock call. Now my body felt absolutely nothing. And I remember people asking me, even that morning at the blood, when they went to draw blood before I had to go coaching, it was like, yeah. how do you feel? You know, they try to be positive. I was like, honestly, she's like, yeah, I go nothing. I go, I feel nothing. I feel no different. I'm like, I feel exactly as before. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, eh, could be. I, I just, I was like, you asked for the truth. I'm like, I let go. I don't know what's happening. Yeah. And, but when I saw the phone ring at 1030, something in me was like, oh, it's not three o'clock. And Mike's like, I'm going to show what he showed up to pick me up after class. And we went and we listened to the voicemail together and it was, congratulations, you're <gasps> pregnant. Ooh. And that was, yeah, that was awesome. Oh, oh my gosh. My and after years of trying. Yeah. Years. Years. And it literally, I would say bottom of the ninth, we were down. I was like <laughs> last at, at bat. And I kid you not, this kid, you know, fast, we got, we got our baby, Michael James, who was born December 29th, 2017. Yeah. Um, this kid is true. He's a, he's a grand slam world series baby. This kid, and which oh. I run hilarious. So my husband, you know, Mike is a huge Cubs fan. I always thought MJ would hopefully like baseball. Literally this kid, marches around the house shouting cubs go go cubs go yeah 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 like go 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 he (laughs) love it can recognize any cubs lego like my mom's like ooh, early reading you know (laughs) yeah but um yeah he's he's truly he's a world series baby and i always said i'm like and that was my motto sometimes too i'm like if the cubs can win the world series (laughs) we can get pregnant i don't know when or when how but it's gonna happen you gotta believe and and it worked out. And Yay. Like, oh, so MJ's yay. the cutest little guy. If you don't mind, maybe we can post a picture of him and his little cubs. I'd, here. He's yeah, such I'd a happy more. guy, which doesn't surprise me because the apple doesn't fall far. But thank you. So cute. And I remember when I found out that you had finally had your baby. And oh, it made me so happy because there's nobody thank more you. deserving. Like you are the best mom and you're so fun. And just talking about thank bright you. lights, you are the brightest light. So, oh, thank I'm you. So happy. I'm so happy for you guys. 
Thank you guys for listening to my conversation with Michelle. She sent me a ton of photos of the things that we were talking about during our chat, like her Cabbage Patch doll and a bunch of other stuff as well. So I'm going to post all of that on my social. So make sure you check out Infertile AF Stories on Instagram. And I just want to say to Michelle, Goober Grape, oh my gosh. Thanks, guys. Talk to you next time.